Welcome to the Super Kitty podcast. This is also the title of my children's book, but I found out a lot of adults are reading it too. I wrote this book to educate people and families about a recent adoption that I made. Ginger is her real name, aka Super Kitty. And this book that I self-published is on Amazon and AuthorHouse.com. So you might be asking why write such a book. Well, I wanted to raise awareness on the importance of rescuing pets and basically to provide a voice for these animals who can't speak for themselves. The book is not only from my perspective, but also from Ginger's perspective. And the reason I want to give all our followers who are going to follow us on this podcast, Super Kitty, is not only to highlight my book, but to raise money to help these nonprofits and rescue and care for animals until they find loving homes. So this will provide a voice for all those who await adoption. And I just want to point out the joy that they bring us. That's really why I wrote the book. So I'm going to be posting more videos on TikTok very soon. And you can find those under Mamasan, M-O-M-M-I-S-A-N. And just so you know, it's all PG. Welcome back to the Super Kitty Podcast. This is Mary Ann Sheehan. And I'm doing my fifth podcast. I have a special guest in the studio today with me. And it's somebody that you're going to get to know a little bit. I just want to remind all of the listeners that are out there that Super Kitty is doing quite well. I started taking her out on bike rides last week. I got a bike carry seat for the back of my Pedigo. And she struggled a little bit the first day. But now she knows that she gets fresh air and she gets to go out for about 20 to 30 minutes a day. So we're relishing that. Without further ado, I'd just like to remind everybody that this podcast is a way to really support 501c3s in the vicinity of Jacksonville, and that includes Jacksonville Humane Society and also the caffeinated cat in Jacksonville Beach, where I purchased my little super kitty. And as a reminder, Super Kitty can be found on two websites, both on Amazon.com and also AuthorHouse.com, which is a self-publishing format. And that's just a little bit of a teaser for where we may go next after this podcast is completed. But be sure to leave a review once you purchase the book and you read it. Really, that's the best way to share the effect that it had on you and what your experience was when you read it. It was intended for parents to read to children. It is a 51-page book. However, there are some children who are avid readers and ahead of their grade level, so I love that as an educator. And those are the ones I'm really inspired by. I was a former reading specialist in elementary school, and I always worked with young students who struggled. But once... They found the books that really interested them. You couldn't stop them from reading. And another program that we put in at the school was called Accelerated Reading, which was perfect because it tested each student for their independent reading level. And an independent reading level is very important. If a student tries to pick up a book and it's much too hard, they're going to get frustrated and put it down, and that pattern repeats itself. And so if they have their independent reading level, They can choose the appropriate books at that level. And when they do read multiple books that are gauged for their reading level, that improves their reading along with writing. So that's just a little tidbit for you today. I want to introduce my guest. This is Stuart Kimmel. 
And we are just going to let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself. Stuart? Thank you for the invite here. And as Marianne said, my name is Stuart Kimmel, and I live here in Atlantic Beach, Florida. I am retired and did practice orthodontics for many years in Jacksonville Beach and other parts of the city. However, those days are long behind me, and I am enjoying retired life. So I met Mary at my house. Mary was invited by my wife and several other women to partake in a conversation with a women's group. And I met her there, and we started talking about our cats, Diana and my cats. They are sphinxes, hairless cats, and I love them to death. The reason that I invited you was because you're one of the few people that I know that had hairless cats, and everybody's just so surprised, and it's like an anomaly when they look at them, and they're really just cats, but I know that they're a little bit different from the ones that have fur. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to have these cats? Well, you're absolutely right. Some people look at these cats and they think they're aliens or they think they're, these cats are bizarre. I look at these cats and I think they are precious, adorable, and I became an avid Sphinx fan when I realized that having cats with hair took a lot of care, took a lot of cleaning up, took a lot of brushing, letting them in my bed, the bed would be filled with hair. So a friend of mine had some other cat, it was a, a Devon Rex or something like that, that was hairless. So I found this Sphinx at a, my first Sphinx at a cat show. And the breeder was showing my first cat at the cat show, and it was for sale also, and she said she also has another cat that was not a show cat, who was a, a half-sibling of the one we bought. And she said, well, you can get that one for free. So I basically got a buy one, get one free. And it was terrific. We had two cats. Wow. And that, that was I, my first experience with hairless cats in 2005. Yes, and so I spent some of my day um, vacuuming and, <laughs> and trying to get rid of the cat hair that's floating through my house, and I have a calico, so it's I've got dark floors, and you can see the white hair everywhere, but Super Kitty does like to be groomed, okay. but you have to do it in a certain way. You know, you kind of have to catch her when she's really relaxed and open for a little loving with the wire brush, and she knows it's coming, and she's okay because there's treats that follow. So she's very obedient and allows me to get a couple handfuls of fur. And the reason that's important is that you mentioned you don't even have to groom your cats. No. There's absolutely no hair floating in the air. It's not getting in your food. No. <laughs> and you don't get it caught in your mouth. No. <laughs> you know how many times a day? I go, what is that in my mouth? Oh, it's a piece of cat hair, unfortunately. I was drawn to those cats because they're so unique. And I wanted to touch the cat just, you know, because I'm so used to petting some 
cats with fur. And it was just a really nice experience. I mean, you can feel everything. The rib cage, the neck bone. And they seem to really enjoy being petted and spending time with people. Do you notice if there any difference there with like a regular calico or a regular fur cat? Is there any difference with your cats? Yes, absolutely. Their personalities are very different from the regular garden variety cat. Their demeanor is actually closer to a dog's demeanor than a cat. They will follow you. They will jump and cuddle with you. They, you know, want to be with you. They need their own space, too, and they're independent. So it isn't as though you have to take a lot of care of them, but they'll let you know, hey, come talk to me. Come pet me. They'll talk to me and tell me that. Yeah, my cat is... I would call aloof. You know, it's on her terms. You know, at night she might crawl up on the recliner and lay in my lap for 10 or 20 minutes. But if I move, she's gone. And so that's kind of interesting that they seem more comfortable right on somebody's lap or even under their shirt. And so can you tell us about why they would do that? Well, I don't know what they're thinking about. However, at times when I'm in bed, I'm laying on my back, and I have my arm extended. One of the cats, specifically, gets under there and sits in the crook of my shoulder and lays there all night. You know, and then if I have to get up, I'm basically disturbing her. If I have to get up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, she'll say, hey, you're waking me up. She stays, but, you know, she is basically, she finds her spot with me, and she'll stay there. The other one likes to sleep at the end of the bed under the covers. And I'll find her there during the day sometime just snoozing. Do you, do you ever wonder, are they able to breathe really well underneath all the covers? <laughs> no, they breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, everybody's like, oh, my goodness, how does it breathe? But they're really unique cats, and their coat was very soft to touch. They don't really have hair. Well, Marianne, they do have hair. They're not really hairless, but it's so short that it really isn't. It's like a buzz cut that is not done with a machine. I think that that's a mistake that they're hairless because they do have actually one or two whiskers, a little fuzz behind the ear. So they have some hair. Yeah, they're not completely. They almost, you know, just look like the color of their skin or their coat is a gray. Is that right? No, one is a gray. And it's actually, in cat people terms, they call that blue. But it's, it's gray in the way we look at colors. And the other one is more... Like a calico, you know, or think, you know, it's sort of blonde and white and brown or something. Yeah. Calicos have three colors. It's usually orange, black, and white. Yeah. And with a calico, they don't have any markings on the underneath side of them. So anything on the outside, like if it's a a paw, they'll have something on the outside, but not on the inside. And it's very interesting. And most calicos are female, so it's kind of rare to have a a male calico. Well, I have Tammy Faye, who is the one we're calling calico, has a underbelly. It's more pink. 
Yeah. So uh, you mentioned that, you know, you don't have to really do a lot of cleanup. You don't have to really groom them. But if you could have any pet, what made you really go with a cat or two cats and not a dog or what most people do? Well, number one, I did have a dog for a while and I really didn't enjoy it, enjoy the dog, nor did I like walking him and basically found that I'm really not a dog person. And a friend of mine had a cat who had a litter and offered me two cats and said, Stuart, would you take these two cats, please? And I did. And that was my first experience with having cats. They weren't hairless, and they were very mischievous. <laughs> so I, I had my little fill of cats for a while, and then I uh, got these sphinxes. That's interesting. So you've been able to compare the other kind of cats, and they are mischievous. So there's really a difference there that I'm trying to get to. Like, what are the benefits for you as an owner with these sphinxes as opposed to regular, you know, cats with a coat of fur? Well, this is my second set of sphinxes, and they're really my best friends. So from my perspective, and I have a T-shirt or several T-shirts that say BFF for life or something like that, a picture. And it is a picture of a sphinx with a fist bump to a human hand on it. So when I wear it, I get comments every place that I go the you know, to the stores or this in the street, you know, they, oh, I love your t-shirt. You know, from my perspective, these cats are for everybody. Yeah. I think you had one of those t-shirts on when I met oh, you okay. and I, and I think I made a comment about it. So you're retired, and you just said they're just like your best friends. Can you give us a little more detail about what's that like for you now that you are retired? Because I'm sure you had a big job, you were on the go, you didn't have much time to relax. Now you're retired, and you've been retired a while. Do these cats assist you in your retirement? Yes, they do. I spend a lot of time on the computer trading equities or futures or, you know, some kind of financial instruments. And they come by, check up on me, want to sit on my lap or whatever. I just have to make sure they don't enter a trade inadvertently by touching the keyboard or the mouse or whatever it is. So I sort of say, no, no, no. And it works out. Well, and I've mentioned this on earlier podcasts. That's exactly right, because Super Kitty was a kitten when I began typing and putting together this story and getting into the book. And she was my motivation for that. But she sat like right here and I had the laptop right here on my lap. And then she started to emulate me and I knew I had to move it or wait till she took a nice long nap because she's, you know, too young to discipline. You know, she was like three months. I mean, she just wanted to spend time with me. I'm her mother. Do you know what I mean? I know. And I'm sure you're their father. So what's that like knowing that you're the man? (laughs) (laughs) It feels good to know that I'm the man. I mean, I I consider that these are my children. I have two grown adult boys. My wife has three adult girls. And, you know, they're children, all right. But these cats are... It's like, I don't know if there's such a thing as unconditional love, but it really feels that way. That's for sure, because Super Kitty is my baby. And, you know, the way that I talk to her is like 
a newborn, you know, and I'm always using the, the tone of voice that gets her attention. And she is my companion. The cat is the one I spend the most time with because she lives in my house. Right. Now, I do have her trained to go out on a leash and a harness, and she loves it. So now we've built up to that, and she's allowed two outings per day. <laughs> but it's on my little patio. And once in a while, we will walk if there's a nice breeze down to the lake. I live on a lake. And her friends, her best companions are the geese, the ducks. I have a bird feeder, which really keeps her busy at all the windows. There's also squirrels. And so she's really fascinated by all that. And she's also very aloof, too, and doesn't really care. And the the geese don't mind her, and she doesn't mind them. And I thought, oh, here she is, this little, you know, probably eight and a half pounder. And here come the geese. They're about three feet tall, and there's a gaggle of them. They stopped by today. She just sits there. They don't bother her at all. So I get to feed them, too. I, I take her out, and then she gets to watch that. And she, I think she really enjoys it, you know. And she also enjoys the bird feeder. So I don't know if you have anything like that for your cats to kind of keep them stimulated. I do. Like one of Bella, the gray one, likes to sit and look through the glass door window and find lizards. <laughs> and And in the morning... You know, she'll go to that window and look for, I say, is your Lizzie friend there? And she'll say, and it wags her tail, and and she really enjoys lizards. I'll tell you another thing, Mary, and that Super Kitty may like. I found out very early that they liked looking at animals or birds or whatever on an iPad or on a computer. And then there are YouTube channels that have videos for cats mm. and they love those videos. they can sit all day and stay by the television and watch cats or squirrels or a combination and when my wife and i watch the nature show on pbs or something like that they hear the music to that show the entry to that introduction to the show has a music score and they get ready they know they're going to see animals it's amazing how they watch television. I'm going to have to try that this evening. I've noticed that when I have my large screen TV on, the cat does lay prone like a sphinx with the hips flat. And everybody goes, that's so unusual. And she looks up and she looks like this tiny little thing next to a 65-inch screen. But she is alert. But I found, and maybe it's because of her age, because she's just a little bit over a year, that most of the time she sleeps an awful lot during the day when I'm awake. And I've, you know, I've found evidence that she's up quite a lot at night. She did get out and she did bring a lizard in once. And she does, when I bring her out on the patio, look for him. She shakes him down. I watched her. And I have, like, my mama-san handle on my TikTok. And where she goes to this little, and it kind of looks like a palm tree with the roots that show. And she just goes up and starts smelling and tapping. And every time she does that, she shakes one of them loose and then she goes for it, but she's only got six feet. So, you know, then she's reminded, oh, I'm not really, I don't have more than six feet to spare. Mm -hmm. But she puts the lizard in her mouth and she's low and she's crouched and she's not necessarily hurting it. But then I have to go over and open her mouth and make her give it up, you know, because I don't want her eating it because they're very toxic. To cats, yes. And chapter nine or ten, I forget which one, talks about 
when she digested a lizard. There's a good picture in the book, too, so be sure to look for it. Yeah, so I know that cats love all sorts of movement, not necessarily when I'm saying, come here, come here, and come sit on my lap. They're very independent, it seems to me. And I think that they're such good companions because they really don't require much. You know, just someone to stroke them, pet them a few times a day, feed them, make sure they have, you know, some toys. And, you know, we play chase at night. That's her favorite thing. She loves to do that. And she's basically got her own bedroom, okay? And she's got, you know, a a mat in there, and she's got a coiled round thing she can hide in, and her toys are there. But she loves it when I chase her. That's like her game. So I don't know if you do any of that with your cats. No, I, I don't. They play with each other, number one. They chase each other around the house, which is very good to have a playmate for her. In fact, we lost one of our cats, and we replaced her with the gray one just so that the one that is now the older cat has company. Well, that's something I'm considering, but with Super Kitty, you know, she is my baby. And then that would take some attention away from her. Wow. And also... I'd have to train her to be kind and to be nice because, you know, we're going to be splitting that time now and that attention. <laughs> well, it, takes, it does take a little time, but it seemed to work out. They're best friends right now. And granted, at first they weren't. Our first two cats were actually, they were raised together. So they were half siblings and they were raised together when we got them. So they knew each other when we got those cats. However... Replacement cats had to get to know the the new one. Yeah. Well, it's something that I'm considering and I'm thinking about, but I'm going to need a little more time because I don't want to be known as the cat lady. I'd rather be known as Super Kitty's mom. (laughs) Okay. Well, Um, I I think it takes a little more than two cats to be called a cat lady. <laughs> and why don't they say cat men? Why don't they ever put that on men? Like, Stuart, you got one cat more than I do, and you really are enjoying their companionship. Even if you're tethered to your, you know, your computer, they still stop by to check in on you, right? They, they sure sleep do. on your bed or near the yeah. foot of the bed. And I know that I wanted my sleep, so... With a kitten, I didn't let her in the room. I couldn't trust her because any movement, she would just attack me. So we've really managed to have a nice separate evening. You know, when I close the door, she knows it's closed. She goes in her little room or whatever she does. She normally stands at the patio and looks out and looks for lizards probably most of the night. But she never wakes me up. And I think it's really important to have really good uninterrupted sleep. I mean, I let her sleep, so she should let me, right? Well, I let my cats sleep. My cats don't always let me sleep, and I get over it. You know, (laughs) it's just the price you pay for having a good friend. So it sounds like your experience is overall very positive, and they're good companions. And would you recommend this for others, and if so, why? Well, of course I would recommend it for others, especially if... They feel alone or isolated. To have a companion, it'd be great. You know, and even I would think that, well, I have grandchildren. And when my youngest grandchild was over a couple weeks ago, she played with the cat and the cat let her play with her and everything like that. And the other one just wasn't having it. So 
you know, it's just a matter of the cat that you have. Yeah, and I think kids are a whole nother dynamic too with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my cat still is not real comfortable when somebody opens the door and it's not me. Immediately, that trigger she puts herself, you know, out of reach. So very smart on her part. She has figured out though most people get the treats and they'll. She comes to them, she gets extra treats. So, well, if you don't have anything else to add, we're going to conclude this episode. This is episode five of Super Kitty. And I just want to remind all of our listeners that Mama-san is the handle for the TikTok videos. They are all PG. And also there's a Buy Me a Cup of Coffee app that is associated with this podcast. And we're trying to monetize for some of these 501c3s. Um, that do the great work of really providing homes for these cats, providing care for them, surgeries for them, food and litter, and they can't do it without our help. And there are so many feral cats in this country. And so this is just an effort to really not overlook the little kitties that bring us so much joy.